Hello and welcome to the Banker podcast series, Banking Under Pressure, exploring how the financial services industry is coping with the COVID-19 pandemic. In this series, the Banker's editors are interviewing industry experts from around the world to gather insights and advice on specific challenges, best practice and innovations that can help banks and their customers manage during these difficult times. I'm Marie Kemple, the Banker's Investment Banking and Capital Markets Editor, and in this podcast, I'm joined by Simon Lyons, a partner in the Strategic Advisory Group at PJT Partners, a global advisory-focused investment bank. Thanks so much for joining me, Simon. Great to be here. So I'm keen to talk about M&A today because I think there is a sense that since September, the market has come back to life following something of a long hiatus. Is, Is that a fair characterization from your point of view? Yeah, I think so. Despite uh, increasing numbers of coronavirus infections, we've seen a number of interesting transactions announced. So recently we were advising the board of William Hill on their uh, announced deal with Caesars. Interesting also because there was a publicly acknowledged approach from Apollo, so a competitive situation. And it's not the last one of these that we've seen. We've seen a number of private equity firms attempt public to private transactions, number of cross-border transactions, number of defensive mergers and also some hostile transactions as well, in particular, noting the Garda World approach for G4S again in the UK. And all of this together is happening for a number of reasons. One, there's not much growth uh, available organically, uh, particularly in a zero interest rate environment. Number two, there's plenty of financing available, still at very low cost with a, in a zero interest rate environment. Number three, shareholders seem to be very supportive of strategic, well-crafted M&A. And number four, there's a bit more confidence in the boardroom about that around valuations, despite the fact that there's all this uncertainty in the world. And so when you put all of that together, there is enough uh, momentum uh, behind some M&A. And I, you know, looking at our own pipeline, I can see that there is definitely an increase and we would hope and expect to see that continue over the rest of the fourth quarter of 2020. And, you know, give give us a window into the conversations you've been having with clients. I, I imagine in the, the kind of early weeks and months, there was really a focus on the kind of immediate, you know, financial situation and making sure that was all okay. Are kind of boards pivoting more now to considering the longer term and, and making those strategic transactions again? Well, I think, I think there are winners and losers. And it really depends, again, which sector of the economy you're, you're involved in. So, with the advent of the second wave or just increasing numbers of infections, the leisure and travel industries remain in deep financial distress potentially and are continuing to need to manage liquidity and balance sheet issues. And we don't expect that to go away any particular time soon until such time as they can get volumes back to revenues, customers back to something like normal. And it's very difficult to predict in travel and hotels, for example, some clients are telling us that they're not anticipating a return to some sort of normality for another two, possibly even three years. So it really is still a question of managing costs, cash uh, and uh, financing providers. But all that said, uh, certainly over the summer, uh, late summer, we started to see a resurgence of M&A in some sectors. Again, probably the same sectors I talked about before, healthcare, telco, tech related. But also um, in the public to private arena, we've seen a number of transactions occur or you know, quant- be contemplated. And in the boardroom, I think it is also true to say that in a zero interest rate world where growth is unlikely to be forthcoming in a depressed economic environment, this is actually a great opportunity if you're well capitalized 
to make a strategic acquisition because that can drive you know a number of years of growth it can be financed at relatively uh, efficient rates and shareholders are being pretty supportive of strategic well-constructed m a so it's it's a it's a tale of two two cities if you like and it really depends where on that spectrum you sit Mm. And you've mentioned a few times now in this discussion around winners and losers, you know, the winners, I guess, being, as you said, in kind of tech industries and healthcare versus perhaps travel and leisure being some of the inverted commas losers at this period. You know, is this is this expected to be a kind of long term trend in, in, in terms of those being the, the sectors which are doing well or badly, albeit, you know, all of this happening amongst a period of quite uncertain times? Well, you know, there's there's obviously some secular shifts going on where we have increased reliance on technological solutions and people are willing to pay for, you know, consumers and businesses are willing to pay for those solutions. So being in that part of the economy is clearly a, a you know, structural advantage versus running a restaurant or a, an airline, you know, where you're dependent upon people having enough disposable income and businesses having enough activity to justify uh, using your services. So I do think there is a a clear dependency on broader economic activity uh, for those, you know, for the, for the quote unquote, the losers in the current pandemic. Um, but, it, but in my, you know, in my view, the, you know, those businesses also have a real raison d'etre, right? They, you know, there's a service provided there that people are always going to want to use. And there are also, from an M&A standpoint, some very interesting opportunities to drive consolidation, bring, you know, take out costs create better customer experiences across you know across across the spectrum so i don't i don't know if i would say it's a long term trend but i do think there is you know some industries are in for a medium term meaningful headwind which will which will be tough to overcome mm. and with that in mind what are your expectations for the the coming months and into 2021 as far as it's possible to to, to make that kind of um comment at the moment for MA activity well i mean you you make a good a good point there in that there is a degree of uncertainty uh, and a lot of volatility in, in in the equity markets and in the debt markets and the enemy of MA typically is volatility because without that confidence in pricing it's quite tough for buyers and sellers to price a transaction um, or to have the confidence to undertake a transaction so i do think that until um we get a, a broader stability in the market volumes will continue to be lower than they were previously or that you know perhaps they should be but what we saw i think late summer where there was a more benign period is there is a you know a big sort of pent-up demand for m a amongst potential acquirers and while uh, financing is available and shareholders are generally supportive and huge amounts of capital are being raised and need places to be invested i think we will see quite a bit of activity i look at our own pipeline and um there's some, you know, a significant number of very interesting transactions, you know, that could occur at some point in the next six to 12 months, whether they will or not will depend on on the environment. But we are um, cautiously, very cautiously optimistic around what might happen in 2021 in terms of M&A. And certainly as soon as there is a you know, sense of clarity, you know, amongst all of us and amongst our political classes as well, that the virus is... Uh, in the rearview mirror, so to speak, or at least under control, then I, I would imagine there will be quite a significant wave of activity unleashed. 
Great. Well, thank you for sharing your views and experiences with us there, Simon. Let's leave it there on that note of cautious optimism, I think. Um, That's all for this podcast. And you can keep up to date by subscribing to our weekly podcast on iTunes, Spotify and Acast and follow our discussions at thebanker.com forward slash podcasts. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.